Welcome to the Evolu Podcast, where we create space for real talk to learn, heal, grow, and evolve together. I'm Kimiko. And I'm Abby. We're soul sisters and besties turned business partners. Here on Evolu, we share our lessons learned and bring you special guests from passionate leaders, creatives, and badass women who stayed committed to their visions even when the odds were against them. Each week, we bring you new episodes that give you tangible tips to create your own meaningful journey. So grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine, kick back, and join the conversation. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Evolu podcast. Good to have you back. Nico has cleansed the room. Mm-hmm. So we are fully prepared. I've smudged the space, creating a safe container for y'all. It's cleansed. We're ready to go. We're here for you. We've committed. Again, so welcome back. Happy to have you here. Uh, today, we are going to talk about a little something called imposter syndrome. Now, you may be wondering what imposter syndrome is. And imposter syndrome is just feeling like you don't belong in a specific group or workplace or whatever it is, just feeling like you doubt your own abilities, your skills, your talents, your self, who you are, and that you are not enough. So you feel like quite literally like an imposter, like you shouldn't be there. So many of us have felt or have an experience where they resonate with imposter syndrome. Maybe you're someone who has a seat at the table, you know, you got your dream job or you are in a position um, where you're doing exactly what you want to be doing, but then these feelings of self-doubt start to come up and you feel like you're inadequate in the place that you are. And like Abby mentioned, this can come up in a lot of different places. And so I know that we're not alone in feeling that. So we wanted to just take you all through what that looks like. Um, We're going to dive into the different types of imposter syndrome. Abby and I will talk about our own experiences and how that came up and how we worked through it. And then we'll share some tips and tricks on how you can also work with the imposter syndrome that comes up for you and help to move through that. Yes, exactly. Let's dive into a few different types of imposter syndrome. We have five types of imposter syndrome. And this we we found from Dr. Valerie Young. We'll just go through them really quickly. So the first one is the perfectionist. So, okay, this person is like your A-type, right? They are the micromanagers, the control freaks. They like doing everything themselves and they have a really difficult time delegating and everything just needs to be perfect 100% of the time. So that's that's the perfectionist. Uh, The next one is the superwoman or superman. Um, These people, they are the workaholics. They just push themselves to do it all. They usually from time to time will, 
you know, stay later at the office than everyone else. Um, you know, they have a hard time not working. You know, they, you know, they're those people who feel like stressed out when they're not working, like it's really hard for them to relax. So um, those are these kinds of people. And the next one we get into is the soloist. So this type, um, they feel like they need to prove their worth by doing everything themselves. They're super independent and they feel like if they ask for help, that just reveals their phoniness. Um, and they have a hard time asking for help. They don't want any assistance, you know, and they just generally like doing everything on their own. All right, and that's the soloist. And then next we have is the natural genius. Um, so these people really judge themselves um, for if they struggle at any point along the way. They have expectations for themselves to be faster at doing a, a specific task or activity or whatever it is, and they just need to know it all really quickly. So hence, like, the, the natural part of it. They feel like they need to be naturally good at it. And they, these people set their bar impossibly high, very similar to the perfectionists, but, you know, they judge themselves hard on getting things right the first time. Right. So uh, those are the natural geniuses. And the last one is the expert. The expert. These people feel like they need to know every little thing before they feel worthy or, you know, or have any type of self-worth. They, they need to, they measure their competence on, you know, what and how much they know or they can do. Um, you know, these people just need to be like the name says, you know, they're, they need to be the expert and, and know every, everything about a certain subject or so, yeah, that's a quick little brief summary of the five different types of imposter syndrome. Maybe you feel like you resonate with one of these, but you can definitely go, you know, online and read about these a little more. Um, we will post a link to a resource in the description. I could resonate with so many of these coming up for me at different moments in my life. And I know um, for those of you listening out there, I know you're probably like, ooh, that's all me. Yeah. Um, My chest hurt a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just <laughs> triggering, triggering a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I think the when when we look at this as well, it's important just for us to like identify where and how that comes up. Paint the picture. Like, tell us about a time when feelings of imposter syndrome came up. You know, 
what it was like going through your mind. Do any of these five types resonate with you in that experience? Tell us all. We want you to spill the tea. I mean, it definitely does. Like, honestly, I, I didn't really think or like know that I actually felt this way until like you and I had conversations about it. Like mm-hmm. you were the one who brought up imposter syndrome to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had no idea like what it was. But like, you know, the more we started talking about it, the more I felt like, okay, I feel like this is like popped up you know, in my life a few times. Um, But for me, where I feel like I have felt it the most in my life is just being a person who is mixed Mm. and coming from multiple cultural backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those who don't know, I am Filipino, Puerto Rican, and British mainly but uh if you want to see my 23 and me oh my god that thing is so colorful i am from all over the world (laughs) i have literally like a little bit of almost everything um in me so i am like a genuine genuine i guess you would say mutt but i don't mean that in a derogatory word term I mean that as like I'm I'm just I'm so mixed I'm so colorful I'm just the rainbow everyone (laughs) but but yeah just growing up with three predominant different cultures in my life was really hard like my earliest memory was probably um you know going to high school I went to high school in Sacramento Mm -hmm. California and I was friends with mostly white people um and you know I may my feelings and thoughts about this weren't like fully developed at that time like as a teenager as a young person but you know knowing now like I felt a lot of the time like you know like I wasn't you know even though I was part white like I was never going to be white enough for the white people. Mm. And there were times when I also felt judged by like friends' parents, like some of like my white friends' parents, um, because I was a person of color. It's not anything they outright said or did to me, but it's those little, there's just little things here and there that you just noticed Mm. over time, you know? Yeah. And so, and also, um, and my friend, my friend, um, Asian Indian. So we had like all white friends and our nicknames were brownies. It was brownie. It was literally because of the color of our skin. Yeah. So, you know, at the time it was like, oh, haha, it's all funny. Like, you know, whatever. But, you know, later in life, um, realizing that like that was not okay. Yeah. It's almost like, like at all. It was internalized a bit. That moment was felt casual in the present moment. But when you look back and reflect on that it leaves this long lasting effect that you're, you know, still working through now because mm-hmm. of the the discrimination, even if it's just a nickname, the discrimination is just simply because of your skin color, your skin tone. Exactly. And, you know, I know this is very along the lines of talking about like, you know, my cultural identity, but it, 
but having, you know, being around, you know, white people all the time, I always felt like, God, like, I'm not white enough, you know, like, I don't, like, I needed to, like, wear, like, white people clothes and, you know, just that suburban white person, just be, act white, I guess you would say. I mean, I I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch mm-hmm. in high school is like my in my senior year and that's a very white brand mm-hmm. and just there were things I did I think subconsciously that I felt like I needed to do in order to like prove my whiteness right mm-hmm. so in that sense yeah I felt like you know being in a total imposter but you know going a, like talking a little bit more about like my other side parts of me you know there would be times when I'd go to Filipino family par- parties and all my cousins and everyone you know they're like full Filipino and like I'm my sister and I you know we're literally the only like mixed people there and I know you know my family never um, intentionally would want to you know make me feel different you know or anything but I just always felt like I just wasn't like Filipino enough I don't know I don't speak Tagalog you know I I I love the food of course it's amazing but like I don't really you know didn't really know how to cook it and people people would ask me all the time like when they ask like you know what what I am and I would tell them I'm so mixed they'd be like oh like do you speak Tagalog it was just like an automatic thing that people like assumed that like I knew how to do and then I'd be like no I I don't (laughs) so it's an assumption of you based on what you are yeah thank you for bringing voice to all that too I feel like it's so true yeah it's imposter syndrome I realize comes up a lot and even more so for women of color. And I know that there's so many other people that are listening right now to like your story and can resonate with that as well as someone who comes from like multiple backgrounds. And, you know, like speaking on it, like me being like full Filipina American, right? Even in that place, there's been moments where get shamed for like either not having those traditions as you know like as strong as they are because I don't speak that much Tagalog either like and when I say I don't speak I mean I really like don't speak like sometimes I can understand it when I'm listening to it on TFC but like that's it and even then I felt like I wasn't enough so it's so powerful that you call that out because as someone who's who's grown up with multiple cultural backgrounds as well like those feelings of imposter syndrome come up and how they can come up for us in our families. They can come up for us at work. They can come up for us in a lot of different places. So, and then you also mentioned how like, you know, you felt like you had to do things to prove your whiteness. I think that's also super powerful that you called that out as well. But it's kind of like the, um, you know, when we're looking at like the five different types, it's kind of like that perfectionist, right? In like trying to be like, if I can resonate like with this, group I have to do everything and anything yeah in my power to make make myself feel like I fit in with this community right yeah, yeah that's 100 percent correct yeah like just yeah having to I feel like it was almost like a 
burden mm-hmm. you know you you carry that, that is you have to, to carry, I'm sure. prove this to a whole group of people just to feel like you're worth something you know um and I think that also speaks really heavily to you know like the the experience of of people who have immigrated here from other countries and Mm -hmm. needing to assimilate because I mean my grandparents all my grandparents on both my sides um you know they're they were not born in this country Mm -hmm. so I feel like there was a strong need to assimilate to the white culture um moving here and I feel like you know that's subconsciously just that's just passed down you know to your kids and your grandkids and so um yeah and and then even at the same time I just felt like a lot of the times you know I wasn't white enough for the white people wasn't Filipino enough for the Filipino people you know I wasn't Latina enough Mm -hmm. um and yeah just having that was difficult um you know, being older and having a little more experience and just kind of figuring out myself and who I am, like, you know, I I feel like I realize all those parts of me being so mixed is very, those are all parts of me. And, you know, like, I'm proud of who I am and, and just feeling like I don't need to, like, belong to any one culture to be you know enough right I just need to be enough for myself 100% so speak that truth yeah speak (laughs) yeah that I feel like is just it's one of those things where like we look back at our story and like we don't realize how deeply it affects us until we actually take the time to like revisit it like in these types of conversations right like that's why it's so important to talk through it um mm-hmm. and I yeah and it like brings up so much um like when I think about like my own story because I feel like my cultural background like is definitely tied to the imposter syndrome that like comes up it sounds like you know like yeah. you're also working through that so what are some of the things like when you do feel it come up for you like if you're walking into like a Filipino party or just like anything like any situation if it comes up for you now what's the first thing you do to help yourself move through that or like reframe it when you notice I mean whether it be you know I'm walking into a Filipino family party or I'm walking into you know my significant others like family party I mean they're all like Mexican they all speak Spanish and Mm -hmm. everything like you know um either of those situations or a work party or whatever um I just really try to remember, like, you know, I am who I am and I don't need to, you know, live up to any of these people's expectations here. I just need to, you know, live up to my own and, like, be myself and, you know, I am... I'm good enough for myself and I don't need to prove that to anybody. So it's just building that confidence, you know, in yourself. It took a long time. Yeah. Damn well, 30 years, (laughs) but, but you know, getting there. Yeah. So what about you? Like, you know, what comes up for you? You know, what's going through your mind? Like you were saying so much of it really stems from our cultural upbringing, right? So for me, I feel like imposter syndrome at this moment of time, the most, the place that it comes up for me the most is in the workplace. But 
I have to like go back and travel back in time and think of where that root really happened. And a lot of this imposter syndrome actually started super early in my life. I'm very born and raised. I, I went to public school. I was in a setting which was, you know, pretty diverse, like so many different cultures and backgrounds. Um, I feel like I just was myself, you know, I was like this super proud, like Filipina. I loved like hip hop and R and B. Um, but then when I went to high school, you know, I had switched from public school um, to private school. And that was a really hard transition for me because I went from, you know, showing up as my self, my like whole self every day to immediately feeling alienated simply because I was walking into high school, you know, which was predominantly white and I was walking in. I remember like one of the first things I was wearing on an orientation day was like an echo an echo shirt and I had I think either some like air forces or something on you know like painting the picture of the early 2000s Bay Area baddie like just to paint the picture and I am amazing I am <laughs> like you and Abby you know me you grew up with me so you probably remember me through that like era of my life and yeah but I realized that was you know at 14 and I, you know, I also recognize this is a privilege too. recognizing that me being a person of color at 14 years old, that there was just people who were not going to see me the way that I saw myself simply because of who I was. And I felt yeah. extreme pressure during that time to just start to, at least in that space, like when I was in the school space, I started to learn to code switch. So I would change the way that I would talk. I would change the way that um, like I would, you know, like what I would wear, at least in those spaces, like we had a uniform since it was a private school. But when we had free dress day, I would have to just like really think about like how people were going to perceive me. And I think that's when I started to really differentiate like these two parts of myself split between who I truly was and how I wanted to show up in the world and then who I was in the school space. But when you think about school, what does school lead you to like years down the road? The, the, the goal of school is for you to have a good education so you can have a good career, right? So I adjusted and I started to learn to code switch in this white space and I learned to separate myself from my school self. And by not really working through that during my teenage years, guess what? And while I feel like the company that I work at values diversity and creates an environment where I can show up as myself, that doesn't mean that I don't feel triggered. That doesn't mean that I don't feel inadequate or my imposter syndrome doesn't come up. And I definitely recognize that when I go to meetings, you know, I things that go through my mind are like, oh my God, you know, you're the only Asian woman at the table. Why are you being quiet? You need to speak more. You need to know more. You have to work harder, right? So all of those like limiting beliefs of this hustle mentality that have been like, rooted deeply within me, they come up at work. And, um, but also I feel like sometimes that those thoughts escalate so much that I basically self-sabotage myself. And so it's heavy. It is heavy. It's like trying to do your yeah. work, but then you're also bullying yourself like at the same time. And then you start to like look up, you know, you start to spend more time in, in, in like trying to like do the work on top of trying to do the, the project work. I'm also having to do 
the inner work, the self-awareness work to try to get that out of my way. Yeah. It's almost like you have to like do double work. Like you have to work twice as hard as like other people, you know, you have to work through your like own feelings of, you know, like imposter syndrome. And then also at the same time, work just as hard as everyone else just to like prove yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I also, you know, I, I, I'm so proud of my story, but I also, I, and at the same time, I'm so grateful that I'm in a workplace where I'm surrounded by so many talented people that like I learn very quick and can learn so much in a short period of time working with all these great people. But it does, you know, it does bring up um, feelings of inadequacy. And so I have to, like you said, you know, when I notice that it comes up, I have to take a moment and I have to step back and just breathe and like celebrate myself and be like, you know, like thanking myself and understanding that being in this place where I'm at right now is a celebration on its own. And if I have the opportunity where I have a seat at the table, I need to just take a moment and not be so hard on myself and just continue to practice and like build that confidence. Um, And the other part of it is like having a safe space to talk through those feelings and just having that safe space to just like resonate with other people and understanding that you're not alone. There's so much power in that. So I feel like having a community to work through it with you can be so empowering on its own. And with you, you know, like sometimes just taking it home, (laughs) like sometimes just taking it home and like being able to have someone that you trust 150%, just there's more healing and like in the sharing of that so Mm -hmm. that goes such a long way yeah and I feel like that's part of the reason like why we're doing this podcast right because we want to be able to share these things with people and also have you guys listening out there like engage with us and to be able to talk with us about it too and absolutely right that's that's you said it I mean yeah I think it's there's so much healing in the sharing and I think by opening up about these things that come up for us like the 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 vulnerability the um the imposter syndrome things that come up for us as blockers like the way that we're going to help each other work through it is by just being 100% real and understanding this is all part of the human experience. Like we have to go through these things yeah. to learn these lessons, but we have to teach each other these lessons by that shared experience as well. So, yeah, yeah, I gotta breathe exactly. after that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, how do you, you know, work through it? And like, you know, what are some things that you know you can do to just like work through imposter syndrome and just moving through it and yeah. getting past it. So for me, one of the play, one of the things that comes up for me when I think about the five different types of imposter syndrome, there I think is two that I resonate the most with, especially when it comes to being a woman of color in the workplace. The first one is the perfectionist. And, you know, I know that people around me can definitely see that. I just like try to do things as perfect as I as possible, but that slows my pace down, you know, like it, I I don't like to deliver shit until I can prove that it is 
as perfect as pie. Um, but that also just like, I can't, I can't work at that pace. Um, and then the other one that comes up for me is, you know, sometimes I feel like the person that is just known for being reliable. And so, um, the superwoman comes up for me and I will actually, there's been moments where I, will just completely disregard my personal boundaries in order to deliver and make whoever that is, whether it's my stakeholder or my team or my partners like happy. And those two are where I, when I realize I get in a phase where I start to get either analysis paralysis from the perfectionist side or feel like I am burnt out because I'm not uh, like recognizing and honoring my boundaries. My first two things is one, I have to just commit to an 80% instead of 110. Like I have to say, I have to pull myself back and say, is this good enough to deliver? Even though it may not be 110% perfect and be okay with that because I cannot, like as a human, I cannot be perfect and I need to recognize that. And then the on the superwoman side, I need to honor my own boundaries and I have to be okay with that and celebrating myself and giving myself the moment to say, look, like there is a reason that I am here. You know, there's for any role that you have, has your own, have your own business, wherever you are at in your journey, there is a reason that you are there and you have to remind yourself that you are there exactly in the place that you're supposed to be in and you don't have to prove that to anybody else. Yep. You don't have to prove exactly. it to anybody else as long as you know that you are giving your 150% know that that's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. Like as long that's that is also I think some of the best advice I I have also been given as at work as well as you know again as long as you know that you're giving your best mm-hmm. that's literally all that matters and if that's not good enough for them then that's their problem and it's not yours. Yeah. And if you're having a hard yeah. time like working through it by yourself, I think like not enough people comfortably claim like when they ask for help and like i want to help break that stigma um and normalize therapy like therapy is such a healthy forum Mm, to work with someone to help you try to identify where the root is because they also feel like imposter syndrome is so unique to like each person and it's rooted in different places so sometimes having someone who can help you work through that um so this year actually because i realized how stunt how much it was stunting my growth um i chose to finally like you know how hard it is to pick a therapist like it is so hard and abby you know the journey that i've been on but oh yeah i finally found a therapist in my dreams she's amazing she also has a background in intergenerational trauma and she just helps me to pull back and really see where that's coming from so for anyone out there you know who's thinking about it or is seeing like a therapist like props to you because you're putting in the work and you are committing to yourself and your growth so yes 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 (laughs) yeah and congrats to you for you know jumping on that and actually taking the step and doing that for yourself um as you know you know i I completed a couple months ago a year and a half Mm -hmm. of therapy um i'm no longer doing it anymore because actually my therapist left the practice she was at to go somewhere else but but you know 
personally, I'm I'm doing okay now, even though I'm not doing it anymore. I mm-hmm. feel like everything I learned from her, you know, I take it with me every day. And it's, you know, I'm really happy for you to, you know, take that journey as well, because you learn so much, you know, about yourself. And it really does help with things like this when you're feeling imposter syndrome. And, you know, if that's a big thing for you to to work through it's you know it's okay to ask for help absolutely you know? I think so. you and I have also like supported each other in this journey of like finding mm-hmm. therapists who you know are good fits and and like for us individually and then we kind of help yeah. each other talk through and like integrate that so um having friends who also just like support you 100 percent your journey goes a long way so abby claps to you and snaps to you because (laughs) i think you know like i had struggled with finding the right therapist for a really long time and i feel like i never gave up on the idea because you just kept reminding me that there's going to be someone out there who's the perfect fit um Mm -hmm. you know and so i mean and and so for all y'all listening yeah abby and i we can we can vouch from our experiences like therapy does wonders Therapies does wonders, y'all. Want to talk about, like, you know, what are some tips we can give everybody and yeah, kind of the, Let's yeah. Go for it. I mean, talk about that really quick. I think some of the key takeaways here, if you are feeling these feelings of imposter syndrome, whether your fear in these spaces and are based on, you know, you showing up or coping through the perfectionist or showing up as someone who's trying to be so reliable, like the superwoman or man. Um, If you feel like you're the soloist and you're almost scared to collaborate or you feel like you're not working fast enough, like the natural genius, or you don't know enough, like the expert, a few things that you can start doing as those come up is one, Recognize your feelings and understand that they are 115% valid. And when you recognize that, like give your chance, give yourself a moment to just reframe it into something different. Turn that negative or that fear into a positive and ask, you know, why is this feeling coming up and how can I help reframe that? Even if it feels uncomfortable, but just taking moments as it comes up to take a few deep breaths and understand that you are so worthy and that you ha- there's a reason that you're in the place that you're in. Um, and so continue to just nurture and empower yourself and build that confidence. Some other tips we talked about was opening up about your experience with someone you trust, whatever it is that fits for you with a group of people who understand and resonate with your story. And if you need to ask for help in order to help work through that, don't be shy when it comes to looking for a therapist. You, there's so much work that you are doing already, even just by you wanting to commit to that, that journey of you growing. Representation matters in every single industry, and it matters that you bring your full self, all parts of you, something that sets the tone for yourself in your journey, but it inspires and empowers other people who have layers similar in your story to understand what the possibilities are. If you are someone who is in the seat that you're in and you feel intimidated by it, understand that by you leaning in and building your confidence, you are also inspiring so many other people out there. 
in the industry that you're in who want to follow in a similar path. So whether you have your own brand or you're building your career, your skills, your story matter, you matter, and you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Yes. Snaps for all of that. I'm sure that if you're feeling anything like we're feeling, we're feeling fired up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just know that you're not alone in this. And we need to continue to stay vulnerable and have these spaces where we can talk through it um, and help each other yep. uplift and work towards all of our own evolutions. Exactly. Really. Just be yourself. All you got to do is just be who you are, who you are gotta be just be enough for yourself and that's it yeah you said it (laughs) yep thanks so much for tuning in and we're so glad you're here if you enjoyed today's episode screenshot this and share it on instagram and send it to a friend be sure to subscribe rate and review it would mean the world to us if you want to learn more about evolu check out our website or DM us on Instagram. The links are in the show notes below. Thanks for listening and we'll see you back here next week.